Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings to all of you planeswalkers, spellcasters, and magic card slingers all across the universe. It's been a while. It's been some time. But it's great to have all of you joining us back here in the Unlucky Lounge for yet another episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master and denizen of this local establishment in between the blind eternities. And with me as always, after a week of self-isolation and self-care... My main man, Borok, it's good to see you again. Yeah, Borok, I miss you too. We've been off the radio waves, the podcast universe, for over a month now. And truthfully, it's been a difficult time. I think a lot of us can relate to that. But it's also been a pretty exciting time for Magic the Gathering. Even though we're far apart, the concept that this show really hasn't supported all that much in the past, I think we have a lot to talk about in this episode, and we're going to dive into that and more. But first, few bits of housekeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at Believe.com, spelled B-L-E-A-V, for podcasting content and show that range in a wide variety of topics. And in times like this, support your content creators Pick up an extra show or two and enjoy the listen. And as always, this podcast is brought to all of you via our Patreon. And for those of you who follow me on Twitter at Draft and Draft Corey or on Instagram at Corey Demon Enriquez, thank you for all of your following, your support. It truly is so important in these times. So, Borak, the Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet. And Borak, let's start with the title of this episode, All the Wasted Time. You see, this title means a lot to me for a couple different types and kinds of reasons. Yeah, Borak, this is an episode that's dedicated not only just to the game itself, but also to the human condition. And I'm hoping that my story might touch someone else out there and maybe can help someone else out because this last month has been a roller coaster of emotions and I think we can all relate to that. No matter what part of the multiverse you might call yourself from or what place your local game store is, we're all affected by what's happening in the world and that includes me. You see, as I've said before on the podcast, the last greater part of a decade I've worked on cruise ships and this podcast started as I ended one journey to begin another. My next cruise ship was there and it was a big promotion and a change in responsibility. I was excited, I was ready, and then the crisis happened. The cruise line shut down as well it should and suddenly I found myself without a job, without a place to live and with a future that was racked with uncertainty and with fear. And as the fear began to seep in, it 
pervaded a lot of parts of my life and required me to go through a lot of introspection. What was I to do? What was my future? And it kind of paralyzed me for quite some time. A paralyzing grasp, as one might say, if I may make a magic card reference amongst all of this. Now, my last episode was all about Ikoria's iconic card of Porky Parrot, a strange creature with a unique ability that was going to be a signpost uncommon of the way that the format would play out. But after I made that episode, I sat back and I thought to myself, wow, I don't know if I can make any further content. Since we're in the middle of this crisis and I wasn't around people, I kind of lost my inspiration for creating content without having a person or person play. I lost myself. I lost what this podcast was about and began to have my very own existential crisis. How could I make a Magic the Gathering podcast without having the opportunity to play the game? And I then went further back. Why did I create this podcast in the first place? I created it with the theory in mind of the way in which that we play this game together, person to person, is the most important thing in the world. That's what got me my friend group. That's what kept me sane in times of trial and tribulation. And that trial and tribulation time when I started Draft and Draft was very much present and very much real. After ending my journey on one cruise line, I lost so many of the people I would call my friends, my family, and people that I loved on the ship. And I was alone. I was freshly alone. And I went back to the game that I could lean on. This game called Magic the Gathering. And now, with the crisis at hand and one-to-one play being something that wasn't as accessible to me, I didn't know what this podcast was going to be about. I was afraid that I was going to lose the whole point of why I created this content in the first place. I had to do some thinking. I had to take care of myself and figure out how was I going to handle the challenges that this world was going to present me. And the reason why I'm back on the microphone now and creating another episode comes for multiple different reasons. First, it was to deliver this message that if you're out there and you're like me and maybe you're feeling a little bit alone in this time and the uncertainty of the world ahead of us is providing a sphere, I just want you to know that you are not alone. I'm there too. And while I feel better, that fear is not completely gone. But I'm hoping that if even just one person listens to this, be it a magic player or not, that staying true to ourselves, recognizing how we feel, and providing self-care to that effect is so very important. And after chatting with people that I love, that I care about, and having a chance to look back at the past at the pain that I've felt and the uncertainty that I was, that it's now time to take steps forward in continuing my life, even though I think that it is in some ways arrested in its own development. 
And it was this arrested development that stopped me from getting back on the microphone here in the Unlucky Lounge. And so, while perhaps Paper Magic and that interconnective play is not going to be our number one most important focus, what is important to me is that community feel, that person to person. So even if we are far away, and maybe we don't get to our local game store in some time, we can still revel in the fact that we are together as people, a community that loves a game and loves that feeling that you get from playing the game. My second reason for getting back on the microphone and starting up this podcast once more, well, first I'm going to quote to you the icon, Miss RuPaul. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? I was starting to not love myself. You know, I came back from the cruise line without a place, without much in a savings account. And luckily I was taken in by one of my best friends in the world and I have a place to stay. The feeling of being derelict paralyzed me and kind of made me not as enamored with myself as I normally care to think of myself in a positive light. So instead, I decided, well, I can't send out my love to all my unlucky lounge rats if I can't quite love myself. And I've had a chance to settle in with the life that is here now and... I've kind of stabilized a little bit in my own love for myself. I've had a chance to begin my own little startup. I run trivias and game shows for people on Zoom, and that sense of purpose to fill up a day and have a reason to put pants on in the morning has re-established a sense of self-identity once more, even though I felt like I've lost it. And with this semblance of self back inside of me, I feel like I can get back now here to the Unlucky Lounge in Historic Monoscrew Manor, and once more, create a space where we can relax, where we can provide a respite from the world that is out there, and that maybe, just maybe, this podcast can put a smile on your face. And the final reason why I feel like I can finally get back into the world of creating content for Magic the Gathering is that I have had a chance now to play on Arena extensively. As I said, I have an absolute amazing best friend who has given me shelter in this crisis. Not only do I have a roof, but he has also generously allowed me to go on his PC and create an account on Arena, which I have done and I have used extensively. <laughs> The fact that we now have player drafts on Arena, I have devoted many, many hours and many, many gems to learning more about this plane of monsters and humans and companions, and it reignited my love for discovering a limited format and grinding at the format until you feel like you can understand it like the back of your hand. And with this love for Ikoria, I return to the world of podcasting to examine limited formats, to focus on fun first, and explore the world in between. No matter what kind of magic play you might have or you might care about, I hope to create a sense of resonance and a sense of joy for you all out there. Thank you, Borok. I appreciate it. Maybe I was a bit long-winded, but... I'm not going to waste any more time 
and I'm going to continue to do what I love. Speaking of all the wasted time, we're going to go to what this title means in the world of Magic the Gathering and Drafting Ikoria Limited as soon as we take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. Avec les nouvelles cartes de paiement Allvisa, payez vos dépenses du quotidien, gagnez des points et offrez-vous vos prochains week-ends ou vos vacances dans l'une des 42 marques hôtelières du groupe Accor. Tout ça sans changer de banque. La carte de paiement Allvisa est présentée par Accor SA immatriculée à Lauria sous le numéro 2000-6709 en qualité de mandataire exclusif en opération de banque et en service de paiement de BNP Paribas. Toutes les informations sur allvisa.fr. Welcome back to all of my unlucky lounge rats as we now dig into the title of this episode all the wasted time and see what does it mean for drafting and Ikoria limited <laughs> No Borok it's not about people who slow play or rope unnecessarily on arena No this episode was actually inspired by a song that played on my phone during a walkabout that I had recently The song that you're currently hearing is called All the Wasted Time from Parade by Jason Robert Brown. JRB, as many people affectionately call him, is one of my favorite musical composers of all time. And this song and its plot thread really resonated with me. So before I go any further, let me just put a spoiler alert for anyone that wants to check out this socially relevant musical. The story is of Leo Frank, a man from the north who went down south to be with his wife in Georgia. Along the way, he gets accused of a pretty massive crime that he did not commit and ended up going to jail. All throughout the second act is the journey of him trying to prove his innocence, while also at the same time underestimating his wife. Eventually, Leo's wife is able to commute his sentence from death to imprisonment for life. This song that you hear, the opening chords in the background, are at the moment when Leo's wife is visiting him at a work farm prison, and he begins to realize just how much that he underestimated her, and that she is truly the love of his life, even though sometimes he puts his work in front of her and, in fact, himself. I won't say too much more about the plot of this show, but if you like something that is great content, has wonderful music, I would check it out, but just brace yourself, because it's a bit of a heavy journey. But what does this have to do with magic, this podcast, and Ikoria? Well, I talked briefly about how this song reflects in my own personal journey with this podcast recently, but to get a little more context, as I began to create more and more of the show, I was trying to figure out what the specific purpose of Draft and Draft might be. I started always as fun first, but with the loss of interpersonal play, I feel like I lost a pretty large portion of that. And so then the next natural evolution when it comes to Magic the Gathering and content creation is to talk about how to play the game better, or how to evaluate the limited sets more distinctly. 
And as I sit back and I listen to other great content creators like Limited Resources with Marshall and LSV, or the guys at Lords of Limited, or a newer podcast I started to listen to, Magic Arena Drafting Club, which, look it up, it's quite a good journey, and I love the two guys who talk. It's such a good communal space. So as we change from tabletop magic to looking at the arena space and MTGO and the things that the main hub are putting out there, what can we do that stays true to the draft and draft format? And this song, it hit me and really talked to me about how I play Ikoria Limited. First, let's take this statement of all the wasted time and apply it to the draft portion of Ikoria. You see, I have found this very interesting tension in the draft portion of this set. Now, first, when I'm starting off, like with most other draft formats, you take picks of cards that have the different mechanical overlaps, the ones that can go into multiple decks. Take, for example, one of my favorite cards to do this with in Ikoria, Farfinder. It's a 1-1 that has Vigilance, that when you play it, you go and get a basic land and put it into your hand. I have taken this first pick numerous times and am generally always happy when I do so. But there's a couple cards in Singleton Colors that also fit this plays multiple roles in different types of decks as well. Take for example Blood Curdle. It's a great removal spell that can play well into multiple different decks. Literally any deck that plays black or even the green decks that splash multiple colors for a good removal package. And you even get a few random menace synergies if the counter actually is relevant for you. Another one that I adore for the same reasons is Dranith Stinger. 2-2 two, two for 2, that cycles for 1 colorless mana and deals 1 damage to your opponent whenever you cycle a card. Yeah, Borak, I would have to agree. This is in fact the best bear of Ikoria, and it's not particularly close. This card is so flexible, having a 1 mana cycler, dealing damage, and the fact that red is just very deep and very good in Ikoria makes this card one of the most flexible picks that you could take in your early picks of an Ikoria draft. But here's the thing, we take all these flexible cards, but at some point you really have to start to commit to a particular strategy in your draft deck. Ikoria is such a high power level that like Sam Black says, you have to start drafting decks in your limited pools, and no greater has it really been pertinent than in Ikoria. This thing is at master levels of draft type skill. You really need to know what you're doing, and you have to do it well. And the tension comes into play in when you have to go into your lane for a deck. Now, I'm not saying this is like, say, a two-color format like Ravnica where you have to find your guild and you have to stick to that lane and stay in that lane. I don't think that's here in Ikoria, as I do think there's a good, you know, ten different draft decks that could come out. However, I would always be more on board for getting into a particular deck than ending up with a deck that's kind of halfway in between two different archetypes and not really making it as a proper deck in one of them. Allow me to illustrate my point by articulating through perhaps the big elephant in the room of Ikoria, and that is the cycling deck. A cycling deck is something that the first couple weekends, it was crazy online. 
you were taking these super late payoffs for cycling and making these decks that would just pay off without having to cast literally any spells or any interaction on the battlefield. You just cycle a ton of cards, eventually draw your Zenith Flare, and get them for 14 or 20 or whatever. It was ridiculous. And it still looms as a bit of a specter over otherwise what might be an all-timer of a limited format. However, let's talk about drafting in this time, this week, this day. You see, that specter has become such a a large and imposing figure that everyone knows that it's out there. The one monocyclers aren't as prolific or easy to find as they used to be. And the payoffs, well, they don't come as easily as they used to either. I had a draft recently where I took pick one, pack one, Valiant Rescuer. Okay, great. We're on the train. Let's find a few more tier one level payoffs and make this deck really sing. I'm talking Reptilian Reflection. I'm talking Flourishing Fox. I'm talking three or four Snare Tacticians. Prickly Marmoset. Savai Thundermane. We know what this deck looks like. The Zenith Flare. We're talking the big, impactful, uncommon cards that change the dichotomy of the game in itself. Decks need these big impact cards because while Ikoria is the lair of behemoths, it is also the home of behemoth-like board swings. The fact that you mutate onto creatures and they can swing right away. The fact that Zenith Flare can just get your face for 17 damage out of nowhere means your plan has to be in play. So you do need to be looking for those late big payoff cards that are going to change the absolute texture of the game itself. With this in mind, I've slightly altered the way in which I approach Ikoria Limited. Still at the top, we're taking our bread and butter cards. The one mana cyclers, the removal spells that are just unpassable. But I am more actively looking for the things that can make an impact on the board and the texture of the game, because those signals are the ones that are gonna put me into a deck that can truly make a difference in the overall aesthetic of the game. Take, for example, the problem of Zenith Flare. If you see your opponent on red-white, you automatically have to assume that they might be playing to this massive, four-costing instant speed spell. Why is it instant speed, by the way? Why can't that just be sorcery? I digress. If you're like me, and the second you see that your opponent is playing Boros, you're counting the number of cards with cycling in your opponent's yard and making a plan to combat the inevitability of Zenith Flare hitting your face. This can include making more aggressive plays. This can include sometimes sacrificing card advantage to try and prevent this card from beating you. And this can also include making plays to bolster my life total. Which by the way, life gain in Ikoria, super duper relevant. And I think it has all to do with the fact that Zenith Flare is such a card you have to think about. But that's kind of what I'm trying to lead to, is when we're drafting these decks, you have to find what your deck is trying to do, and your cards, they have to go towards that, because you're trying to draft a deck, and I don't mean a pile or a ham sandwich, I mean an actual, fully realized deck. 
And that being said, I want to talk about a pretty, let's say, divisive color in Ikoria, and that is the color of green. I think the community as a whole can agree that green is probably the worst color in Ikoria. That being said, I don't think it's on the level of bad of, say, green in Battle for Zendikar. It's not that unplayable. What it does mean is that if you're the green drafter that is at the table, and I think the table can potentially support up to two green drafters, you have to start coming at the plan of what are you going to be doing in green to come up with these big colossal plays that can swing the game in your favor. And truth be told, green can do this, but you can't waste any time on finding the ways in which to do it. The cool thing about green is that it is so flexible and it's splashing, it can support having two or three additional colors inside of it because it has Fertilid, it has Migratory Great Horn. You can play so many different non-basic lands to support that you can build towards multiple different plans and greens. It's relatively flexible. The problem is you have to find the flexibility as a bit of a restriction at times because it's not just about playing all these good cards. You're in green, you play all these colors, but you still have to come up with a plan. You can't just waste around by playing a bunch of random derps like fly catchers or honey mammoths, but honey mammoth is good in itself because, well, it can gain life and it can get you out of zenith flare range and actually get you to draw a card or two. I know it's a bit of a contradiction, but green has game plans. Green can go in multiple different routes. It can splash and go and accelerate into larger plays. It can do the reanimation strategy between Back for More and Unbreakable Bond. It can even go with a massive mutate package. But green, I think, really has to go in mind with the title of this episode, All the Wasted Time. Don't just waste around by taking random low-curve stuff it's just not going to do you right. You have to go, you have to play into your big, crazy, massive plays. So take your big mutate payoffs. Take your big ramp payoffs. Take the good splash cards. Don't waste around taking these random two drops, which is something that I've found to be a huge detriment. Like Humble Naturalist, you can't mutate onto it. You can accelerate into bigger plays, but you have to figure out what those big plays are going to be. That's your deck. Don't waste around by just trying to make a large, wide swath of random stuff. It just doesn't work. And it doesn't work because you don't have the time. If you just play a bunch of two and three drops, there's no opportunity for you to establish such a domineering presence when eventually you're going to get Archipelagord. You're going to get Zenith Flared. However, there are a few cards that can buy you more time. And those cards are those that can gain you life, like your Honey Mammoths, like your Duskfang Mentor, the Lifelink Mentor. That card's really come up in my evaluation because you only need two mana to put the counter on all your Lifelink creatures. Unbreakable Bond, the reanimation spell that gives your creature a Lifelink counter. You cycle away one of those big derps like Void Beckoneer or Titanithrex and come on to the battlefield with this big, crazy reanimated creature with a lot of lifelink, you get yourself out of Zenith Flare range right away. Also, one of my favorite commons from the set, Bushmeat Poacher. 
I adore this 2-4. You sack a creature, you gain life, you draw cards. This guy buys you so much time. He does so well in the black-red sacrifice things deck, and I also think he has a great role to play in the green X decks. You can get rid of your early humble naturalists to get you into the later game. You can use him as a blocker, a great blocker, for a lot of what your opponent is trying to do in their early game. Like when the red-white deck tries to get in for early chip damage. All this is to say, is there is a time and place for doing things that are low impact, but this is not the set to do it. But there are ways in which you can buy more time for yourself, which can include all the cards we listed, giving your boot nipper a lifelink counter. The possibilities are out there. And I still think this format has a lot to be discovered, a lot more creatures to mutate and combinations to find. And now that the draft portion is starting to self-correct from this crazy cycling trend at the top of the format. It's time for us to get out there and not waste any time and enjoy finding all the new interactions that has the potential to really make big splashes. Well, all of my unlucky lounge rats, I now swing it out to you out there in radio and podcast land. What do you think about my thoughts on time? finding your deck to draft and not wasting any time to get into it. Also, what are your thoughts on green in Ikoria? It's a pretty divisive color. Some people think it's unplayable. Some people are like me and think it's pretty wide open and has a lot of chance to go into different archetypes. Tell me what you think on Twitter at Draft and Draft Corey. You can find me on Instagram at Corey Demone Enriquez, or of course, visit our Patreon draft and draft an mtg podcast also i want to take a chance to shout out another podcast the magic arena drafting club they have that great communal feel i mentioned them before take a listen to their stuff they bring on a lot of different people and personalities they just had alias v wonderful uh episode where they were talking and they were drafting with her and also check out her streams she's a she's a real treasure also the command zone wonderful podcast to listen to also i can give you more recommendations for days but i think this is where we'll call it so i don't know about all you but i've reached the end of this episode and so we ask for all of you out there to go ahead and make some magical memories of your own my name is Corey, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of draft and draft hey borak what do you say we end this episode with a little untapped step I knew you were a bear of great brilliance. Well, cheers to you, buddy, and cheers to all of my unlucky lounge rats out there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.